You know, th- this word is precious. I wouldn't be alive today if it wasn't without this word. You know, when I got born again, I had a hunger for this word. But I want to tell you something. When I got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, this word came alive. Because Jesus said when he will come, the Holy Comforter will come, he will take the word of God and he'll teach you and show you all things that's in this word. And you know, one of the greatest exchanges we have, which Jesus said, it's expedient that I go away. If I don't go away, the Holy Ghost can't come. But if I go away, I'll send him back in exchange of myself. And when he's come, he will what? Convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And then he says that's when he's going to take the word and show you all things that's mine. And he says all things that the fathers are mine and all that's mine, the Holy Ghost is going to show you. And, and, and that's one of the things. You know, in Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17 says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Therein is the what? Righteousness of God revealed. Now, you remember in Romans chapter 10, verse 16, where it says, But they have not all believed the gospel. Now, I want you to catch that. They have not all believed the gospel. When Paul wrote that, they didn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The gospel is Isaiah 53. They have not all believed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Who hath believed the report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? And he said, He will grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He has no form, no comeliness, no beauty when you see him. But Isaiah 53 speaks of what Jesus suffered for us, spirit, soul, and body. It is the gospel of Christ, Isaiah 53. In that place, you'll see where he died for your spirit, your soul, and your body in exchange for us so we could have a new one. And so that is the gospel, and we're not ashamed of it. But I thought, thought about all the years that I spent just meditating on scriptures. See, you don't have to sit around and read the word every day. You can put one scripture in your pocket and meditate on that scripture all day long. Maybe a week. And you know what's going to happen? It's going to get out in your heart. You don't want to memorize scriptures in your head because you'll lose them. But you put them in your heart and you'll, you'll find them. Psalms 1 said, Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he what? Meditate day and night. For he shall be like the tree planted by rivers of water. Is that right? That bringeth forth his fruit in his season. Do you know every one of us have fruit in our season? And it says, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he what? Doeth shall prosper. Will what? Prosper. In Joshua 1.8, what did he say? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do all that is written therein. Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. What? And then thou shalt have what? Good success. Observe to do all that is written, and then you will make yourself prosperous, and you will have good success. You know, a while ago, Ross was talking about that. First John 3, 2 says what? What does it say? I would that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. 
Now that word prosper there means what? It means that you have a good journey. Every day you have in your life, you're being prospered in that journey. You'll have a good journey. It doesn't mean you're going to have pockets full of money. It means that every day that you walk, you're going to be prospered in that journey that you're walking on this earth. And I remember the first time I got in Psalms 119 verse 9, where it says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word, God, have I hid in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against thee. And then in, in verse 9 it says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereunto according to his word. That's verse 9. In verse 11 is one that says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. How are we going to cleanse our way? By taking heed according to his word. Verse 105 says, Thy thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word of God is a what? A lamp and a light for my walk. Psalms, I mean, uh, uh, 119.165 says, Great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Did you catch that? Great peace have they that love your word, and nothing shall offend them. That's quite a promise, isn't it? We live in a world where people's offended over everything. Psalms 138.2 says, For you have magnified your word above your name. What does that tell you? He has magnified his word above his name. That's a pretty awesome scripture. His word. You know, Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away, but what? Will never pass away. That's pretty incredible. In Proverbs 4.20, now these are just verses that's precious to me. He says, My son, attend unto my words and incline your ears to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those that find them and health to all your flesh. Keep your heart, your new heart, with all diligence. For out of it flows the issues of life. The fountain of life comes from your heart. Keep that new heart with all diligence. And we look and he talked about John chapter 1. Let's look in John chapter 1. Verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was what? The Word. Jesus is the Word. We have the written Word, but Jesus is the Word. And he says, And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by him, and without anything was not anything made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehends it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness to that light. That light was a true light, which lights every man that comes into the world. What does he do? He lights every man. Do you know in Ecclesiastes 3.11 it says, God has set eternity in the heart of every man. The Amplified says what? A divinely implanted sense of purpose that nothing under the sun but God can fulfill. God has set light in the heart of every single person that comes into this world. And what for the purpose? There's something in that heart searching to find why am I here? What is my purpose? And God put it there so they could find him. And that, that's what he does. He lights every man that comes into the world. And he says, he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came to his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to him gave you power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which was born, not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor the will of man, 
but of God. Did you catch that? It's not about your blood. It's not about your will. It's not about your flesh or the will of man, but of God. God is the one that done it for us. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The Word was made what? Flesh. I remember Watchman Nee. If anybody's got this book, I've looked high and low trying to find it. And it says, The Word became flesh by Watchman Nee. I can't find it. I haven't seen it in print. And he says, What he says in that book there is, God wants our flesh to become the Word. He wants our life to become the Word. Because Jesus is the Word. And as He is what? So are we in this, in this world, 1 John four seventeen. So the Word needs to become flesh. That needs to be what we think and what we do and how we act and everything we do. We need to let the Word become flesh. And dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And John bare witness of Him and cried, saying, This was He whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for He was before me. And of His fullness have we all received grace for more grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and what? Truth came by Jesus Christ. Is that powerful? In Acts chapter 20, verse 32, Paul says, And now, brother, I commend you to God and the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. It's what? Able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those that are sanctified. When he was leaving them, he said, Now, I commend you to God and the word of his grace which is able to build you up and give you your inheritance in Christ and all those that are already sanctified in Christ Jesus. By one offering, Hebrews says, Jesus has sanctified forever. We've been sanctified forever in Christ Jesus. One offering, the final one. And by one offering, he took care of sin forever. It's finished. He took care of every every bit of it. In Matthew chapter 4, when Satan was tempting Jesus and he was trying to get him to make some bread, how many of you think it's a little hard when you've been fasting 40 days and 40 nights? When you know at any time you could pick up a stone and turn it into bread and eat it. But you didn't do it because that wasn't God's will. That was your will that he didn't do that. And Satan said, if you be the son of God, command these stones that they may be bread. And Jesus said, Satan, it is written, man cannot live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. See, in our homes, we don't miss a meal very often, do we? But how often do we miss this days at a time? Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word. Some words, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's God. In James 1.18, it says, Of his own will he birthed or begat us with the word of truth. Right? Right? That we should be a kind of a first fruit of his creatures. It was his will that he beget us. While we were yet sinners, he paid that price for us. And it says in verse 21, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted or the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. The implanted word of God in your heart is able to save your soul. And what is your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions? Let me have you think there's times your new mind, will, and emotion needs a little sanctifying. The Word of God is able to save your souls. And that's the way God intended it. 1 Peter 2.2 2 says, As newborn bi- babes desire the sincere what? 
milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. We talked about that in, in the coffee shop this morning. Whenever you get born again and you receive that new creature inside you, you are a newborn babe. You have a new seed. But just as a newborn babe likes milk, this is your milk if you want to grow. You don't automatically just become a, a full-grown adult. you got to what? Desire the sincere milk of the word so that you can do what? So you can grow thereby. 1 Corinthians 3, it says, We all beholding as in a mirror the glass. 3.18 We all beholding as in a what? Mirror, the word of God. As an open face, the glory of the Lord are being changed. The word there is exchanged. How many of you know we like the word exchanged around here? We are being changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now that word there, change, is transformed, metamorphosis. But the Greek word 337 means exchanged, and this word is 339. So how many of you know it's close to exchange? As we beholding in the mirror, we are being exchanged into a brand new creation by the Holy Ghost that's working in us. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. You know, as you see that, in Second Peter chapter 2 says, whereby that, that let, me, let me just, we are given exceeding great and precious promises. Where do we get the promises? Right here. We've been given exceeding great and precious promises that by these promises we may be a partaker of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption of the world through lust. And he says, and be diligent, add to your faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, godliness, all these good things. It says, for if these things bend you in abound, make and abound, they make you that you neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of God. But he that lacks these things is blind, cannot see afar off, and has forgotten that he was what? Purged from his old man. Sometimes we forget we've been purged. But how are we exchanged into his image? Because the word of God is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's made alive, and it'll quicken your spirit, soul, and your body. And it has the power to, to separate the spirit from the soul. It's good stuff. Jesus was talking to disciples in John chapter 12. And he said to them, You search the scriptures, you know, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they that testify of me. But you will not come to me that you might have life. He said, Think not that I'm going to judge you in that day. I'm not going to judge you in that day. The words that I have spoken to you, the same will judge you in that day. I remember as a new Christian when I read that. You know what? I can read his word now and let that word judge me now. I don't have to be judged someday. I can allow the word of God to judge my life now. And I don't have to be judged. And then I realized that some men's judgments go on before and others follow after. See, all our judgments have already been taken care of as long as we're in Christ Jesus. But some men's judgments going to come later. Amen? But it's not, he's not going to say anything different than he's already said. We already have it. So we'll be without what? Without excuse. You know, I think that when he was walking on the road to Emmaus and he walked up to the disciples and says, What's the matter with you? And they said, Hadn't you heard we... 
We, we, this Jesus, we thought he was the one that was going to deliver us, and this is the third day, and they crucified him, and, you know, it's all over. And he said, oh, fools, and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have said concerning Jesus. Ought not Christ to have suffered all the things that's written and enter into his glory? And it says, beginning at all the Moses and the prophets, he expounded to them everything concerning himself in the scriptures. And what was their response? Did not our hearts burn within us as he opened to us the word of God? See, if the, if the Holy Ghost is in you, when you start reading scriptures, your heart sort of start burning with that. You know, Luke one fifty three said he fills the, the hungry with good things, but the full, the, the rich, he sends empty away. But Jesus said, blessed are those that what? Hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. See, we need to be hungry. I want to tell you something. December 31st, 1970, 9.30 p.m., this book came alive when they showed me Romans, Roman Road. I read it with my eyes that I was a sinner, that I was going to hell, and that Jesus came and paid the price so I don't have to go to hell, and I received that life. And I'm telling you, from that time forward, this word has been a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Because I realized he wrote a book just for me to tell me how to live. And this is what these folks are talking about right here. I can't imagine a world without this. I cannot imagine a world without the word of God. And the scripture says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? I remember Friday at the pastor's lunch and this guy was talking and one of these, it's over in Africa, they had gone into one of these little schools, and we just got back from Africa. I've been in several of those schools in Africa. And they take you into the uh, library, and they show you the books in the library, and about the only thing they got in there is a few little Bibles. And this one little Bible had been checked out. And at the back where you, if you read this Bible and you pray this prayer and you sign back here that you receive Christ, there was 22 names written in the back of that Bible. 22 names of kids that had read that prayer in that one little Gideon Bible. That's all they have. But I want to tell you, it's all you need. How shall we escape if we what? Neglect so great a salvation. Jesus said in John eight thirty one, if you continue in my word, he didn't say stop. He said what? Continue in my word, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I like what Pastor Wayne says. Truth alone will not set you free. It's the truth you know that will set you free. And these things are written that you may know something. See, all the stuff they were singing a while ago about who you are, I say amen, every one of them is the truth about who you really are. And the devil wants you to keep you blinded to who you really are. We're not just old sinners saved by grace anymore. That's who I was. That is not who I am. If you want to see who we are as he is, so are we. Read the first chapter of Revelations and you'll see who we are. That's who we are. Because Jesus is not the same anymore. He's not just a little lamb. He's a lion of the tribe. And I'm telling you, it's different. That's who you are. And, and he made us that. Jesus said in John fifteen three, you're clean through the what? The words I've spoken unto you. How did we get clean? Through the word. Reading the word. 
Love the word. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wife even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might present to himself a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any such things. But that it should be holy and without him, before him and holy and without blemish. Do you know what I've figured out? The only way I can do that is in a new man. All these things that God, Jesus said we could do can't be done out of the old man. It has to be out of the new man. Job twenty three twelve. Job says, I've esteemed the words of your mouth more than my necessary food. I remember when the disciples came to Jesus and John, and they said, Master, eat. And he says, I have meat to eat you know not of. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Because he said, in the volumes of the book, it is written of me, I come to do your will, O God. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. He was motivated to do the will of the Father. And his meat was to do the will of the Father and finish the work. John 17, he says, the work you give me, I've done. It's finished. The words you gave me, I have given them. He hadn't gone to the garden. He hadn't gone to the whipping post. He hadn't gone to the cross. He says, the work you gave me to do, I have given them. The words you gave me to tell them, I've told them. And it's finished. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? He had a little more to go. But as far as he was concerned, it's finished. Psalm 17, 4 says, By your word I have been kept from the path of destroyer. Through God's word I have been kept from the path of the destroyer. That ain't bad. 2 Timothy 2.25 says, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if preadventure, God will grant them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who have taken them captive by his will. See, you know, repentance is a gift of God. A lot of people think they can repent. You can't repent unless God gives you repentance. And repentance can only come when you acknowledge the truth of what this word says. When you see this word and it says something and it's, the Holy Ghost shines a light on it, and you see you're not where that word says you are, God can grant you repentance. And that word repentance is exchange. He can exchange the way you think. And it's a gift of God, not of man. There's not anything this book teaches that's not man can do other than receive what he's already done for you. It's finished. Right? Jesus said in what? Isaiah 55? Starting earth 8 through 12 says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. But then he goes on to say, You shall go out with joy and be led with peace, and the mountains and the hills will break forth before you into singing, and the trees of the field will clap their hands. Amen. What? That's powerful. Why? His word won't return void. Whatever I send it for, it's going to accomplish it. And, you know, I think about this last trip to Africa and all the places we went and the 1,500 miles and all the seed sowing we did. We didn't see much fruit. But you know what I know? I know something. His word won't return void. But it'll accomplish what it was set out for, and it's going to prosper in the thing that was sent. Because you know what? It wasn't my word. It was his word we preached. My opinions don't mount to much. But his word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, and it will do what it's called to do. Now, remember the day he said, trust the seed. Don't look for the fruit, trust the seed. Because in that seed has the power 
It is the gospel power to change people's lives. We talked a while ago as we were singing. Ezekiel thirty six twenty six. God said, I'll give you a new heart and a new spirit. And I'll take away the stony heart and I will give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit in you and cause you to walk in my ways. He's going to give us a new heart. Why? Because the old heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The old heart cannot be changed. It must be exchanged. And that's why in, in, in Jeremiah 24, 7, he said, I will give you a what? A new heart to know me. And he says, what? I'm going to give it to you. And in Hebrews, it says, you shall not speak every man to his neighbor, saying, he said, I'm going to make a new covenant with the house of Israel. And he says, I'm going to put my word in your hearts and in your minds, and you're going to be my people, and I'm going to be your God. How does that come about? Because he gives us a new heart. Now, as he gives you a new heart and you've got a new baby heart, what do you need to do? Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against him. The Holy Spirit comes. He'll bring to remembrance all the things I've said. But if you don't know what he said, you need to know what he said. It's very important that you put his word in your heart that I might not sin against him. Amen? Well, it's 12. I just gave you part of the scriptures that mean a lot to me. And those are the scriptures I'm convinced that's got us to where we are today. It's because of the word of God. If it wasn't for this word, I wouldn't be here today. So I want you to keep that in mind. Every penny you put into this, you know it's going to the word somewhere, somebody somewhere. And this seed you're sowing in somebody else's life. And we won't all know until that day what all of this is all about. So we hear all the reports from everywhere. But be a part of spreading the word of God in this world. Amen. Father, we just thank you for your word, and we thank you, Lord, for the day. And, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that your word is being sent forth. And, Lord, there's nothing greater than your word. And, Father, we just ask that this word would find that place. And, and Lord, it's so exciting just to hear just little testimonies of how people were praying for the word of God, and, and that word came to them. And, Lord, it's precious. And, Lord, I ask you to help us in America. As most of us have more Bibles in the house than we know what to do with, but very seldom do we ever sit down and read what they say. I just ask, Lord, today that you would help convict us, Lord, that just as we sit down and eat our meals, that we need to sit down and eat your word. And let it become a part of our lives. And, Father, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Remember.